Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome on today's episode of Partially Excited. We've got an amazing individual straight from Ireland and his name's Carl Davison and he main thing is about empowering people all about technology and he's got some amazing clubs groups etc hello welcome to the show carl how are you doing today i'm doing very very well aaron thank you so much for having me on the show i really do appreciate you thinking of me because i've seen the people that you've already interviewed and there's some quality people so yeah i'm, I'm delighted to be a part of that uh, clan so thanks so much Aaron. appreciate that genie carl that sounds like a thick dublin accent are you from dublin <laughs> uh funny enough so I have a, I have an interesting story. I'm not from Dublin, but I am from the suburbs. Well, you could say the suburbs of Dublin. North Kildare, Selbridge, a, a little town called Selbridge where Arthur Guinness made his first uh, Guinness point. People always ask me, am I from Dublin? I say, well, look, I was born in Dublin in, I think it was Mount Carmel Hospital. I'm on a, a Dublin bus route and I have an 01 house number, but no, I'm not from Dublin. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a Kildare man through and through. <laughs> oh, cool. So you're the, the poppy, poppy generation then. That's it, that's it. And what was like growing up in Kildare? Yeah, do you know what? It was it was cool. I enjoyed it. It was it was um I, I grew up just that kind of when when I was young, like I was I was nearly like the Dennis the Menace type of kid, like going around the estate. I was on my bicycle, like you know, I was tormenting neighbours. Not not too bad now. <laughs> but you know, I was tormenting a few neighbours, you know, pulling knickknacks and stuff like that. You, you know, knickknacks where you you knock on the door and you run away and stuff like that. And then uh that was kind of my early childhood. I was a bit of a how would you say wild a bit of a wild child I still am a, a wild kid at heart and then growing up in, in the teenage years yeah I had a big group of kind of lads and, and girls who were you know we all kind of hung around in, in beers and you know obviously started uh, getting into drinks and stuff like that and yeah it was interesting there's a celebrity is a, it's a big town and everyone kind of knows each other and everyone knows their everyone's business and stuff like that and, you know it's a, it has a, a massive youth population now and um, yeah it's getting bigger and bigger you know that was good it was fun Different it's only what I know. <laughs> As I say, you don't know what you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And, and like, what were your passion like as a kid when you were growing up? What did you enjoy watching or doing, or what were your hobbies? Oh, I, I love playing a bit of football. One thing, you know, I started playing football. I think around I'd say it was about six or seven just with, with the older lads in the estate and I remember we used to play football with you know we'd have a group of lads from one estate and we we played the other lads from the other estate and it was, it was good fun times you know and uh, then I actually started getting into athletics when I was about nine ten years of age and I started doing a lot of running I think it was just to expel all the energy that I had like pent up inside of me you know I was a sprinter and I was doing a lot of uh, relays and we actually won you got gold medals with the Selbridge Athletic Club years and years ago well it's uh, been so long but um, All-Ireland champion as well with the, with the, with the running with the athletics 
I gave it up when I was about 12 and then I just started chasing girls so yeah it was a, <laughs> it was a bit uh, different you know but um, yeah football football was my kind of main thing I, I, I dabbled in a lot of sports like I mean I, there was times when I played like a little bit of table tennis in my secondary school and Gaelic football as well I enjoyed that a little bit of cricket every now and then like had a, had a childhood uh, friend who, who played a bit of cricket so yeah everything really like I, I'd, ne- I'd never shy away from a sport I'd always just try and get to know it and just play it like I'm, I'm kind of sporty so like I'll, I'll try that you know I'll try this and go for it you know and you know playing football or do you think you were the, the Messi or Ronaldo or what kind of or do you follow soccer or team or anything like that or yeah I'm a, I'm a big Arsenal supporter and yeah like when, when I was young I, I was I played left mid that was kind of my I, I like playing up front and I like scoring the goals but I didn't really score many like I probably could count on my hand how many I scored like growing up I played left mid, but I was kind of maybe below average, you know, maybe, maybe some of the lads might say, oh, no, you're all right. Like maybe, you, you know, you're doing yourself an injustice there, Carl. But I don't know, like I think maybe I, I could have been better, but um, I was probably a little bit below average. And there was times when I didn't get my face on the team and stuff like that. Yeah, like I enjoyed it though, but I, I kind of gave it up. I gave up playing like football for, for the club in, when I was about 14 or 15 and then I like play a bit of five-a-side football, you know, like five-a-side is, is, is good fun as well. So I play that and I, I just love scoring goals then because it's super easy. <laughs> well, at least I find it easy anyway. But yeah, Arsenal would be um, my football team of choice and um, I went over and, and saw them on many occasions. I'm a part of the, the Arsenal Dublin, or I was a part of the Dublin Arsenal Supporters Club. I just, I've been kind of traveling a lot so haven't been really back in Ireland much to go to the the games in in the pubs and stuff when they're open of course (laughs) yeah it's a a phenomenal stadium Arsenal and you know I just sometimes just go over for a day trip like go six o'clock flight Ryanair flight over in the morning a few drinks in the morning and then uh, enjoy the game and then fly home that night and yeah it's a good fun when you ran out of the hicks what distance were you running I was running a 100 meter sprint, 200 meters. I did long jump, which I was okay at as well. And relay, that's where we won all our gold medals was the relay. 4x50 and I think if memory serves me correct 4x100 um, but maybe that's I, I need to go back over and check new medals for that but definitely 4x50 so yeah it was good I, I like being in the relay you know like being a part of the team and kind of motivating the other um, people to run faster <laughs> you know so you, you gave you saying both to run for his money then right ah oh, I wish I wish man I wish that would have been a, a dream come true but look you know these things happen you kind of you get pulled away to different things and yeah I mean that's just life isn't it it is so you're a teenager chasing girls and the, <laughs> and and as we all do when we finish up school did you go to university or did you kind of get a job or yeah so actually uh, funny story I started working when I was 10 um, I went I was <laughs> this is actually really interesting story for your for your listeners right so when I was 10 I went I went to mass or church um, with my with my mom and of course like when you're 10 like you don't want to really go to mass or church you don't have a clue about religion spirituality God or anything like that and I remember just sitting there and my mom gave me this uh, magazine to read it was called The Open Door and I was just flicking through it, flicking through it, flicking through the pages and next minute it said wanted um, newspaper delivery and I looked at that and I was 10 years of age and I said man please ring them like so she rang them and they, they refused because I was too young I was, uh, they needed me to be at least 12 I said I was like no I was like super determined to get this I was like ma'am come on ring them just ring them one more time and just say like look I'll do it for half the price <laughs> and they said okay look we'll, we'll try it out you, you know your son seems fairly enthusiastic about this you know let's let's try it you know so I got 200 papers and I got five I got five Irish pounds at the time and I, I delivered 200 papers just around my local estate I did that for two years and then I was kind of I needed it to retire basically <laughs> um, I was getting like I was just getting a little bit bored of it so I stopped when I was 12 but then I went into secondary school but the minute I turned 16 I said to myself right well I'm at the legal age now to, to get a job in Ireland so happy days like let's let's start applying for jobs and um, I applied for I think it was two jobs or three jobs and I got two interviews back and one of the interviews I didn't get like I didn't get the job with one of them but the other one I did and that was in the K Club in, in Straffin there in Kildare fabulous fabulous country club golf resort it was it was absolutely a dream come true but it was only for one week during the, the European Open and I did that and 
you know, obviously I, I made a, a good impression with the managers because they called me back. That was in, I think, July, yeah, 2007. And then I, I got called back that September, you know, to, to be taken on part-time. And I did that for four years during my kind of school and during my, my college years. I finished, finished my leaving cert when I was 17 and I went straight into college. I did um, electrical engineering in DIT Kevin Street, but that is no more now. I think it's uh, DIT is over in Grange Gorman now. So um, yeah, I did that and really enjoyed my college years. It was it was a lot different than other people's college years. That's for sure. I was working every weekend, pretty much literally every weekend, Friday night, Saturday, Sunday. And um, if I could get a Sunday, that was great because that was like time and a half. But um, I was then, you know, in college Monday to Friday and the first year I remember doing, I think it was Tuesday, 9am 9, 9 to 9pm because we had to facilitate for the part-time people in the evenings. And then the second year, I think it was Thursday, 9am to 9pm. So, you know, my college experience was a lot different to, you know, people that when I was in college and they were in college, they were telling me stories about going drinking. I mean, I was still 17 in college. I couldn't even drink um, until I turned 18 that December. But yeah, like other people going out, you know, going into classes hungover. And, you know, I, I couldn't do that because I was commuting all the time. And it was it was tough. It was long hours. But glad I finished it through, you know. So, yeah, to answer the question, yeah, <laughs> I went to college. Why did you choose electronic engineering? Yeah, do you know what's really interesting about that, Aaron? It's a great question. Sat down with my dad when I was uh, kind of in my last year, and I, ha I had always been interested in in maths, and I really liked engineering and metalwork in school. Like, I really like kind of building stuff, and I'm, I'm okay with my hands. Like, you know, I'm okay, but. I, I really liked that and then my dad we were just I was saying to my dad like look I don't know what to do like so we sat down with one of the kind of CAO books and we were looking and you know I was interested in engineering so we kind of were like okay well what about software engineering or computer engineering I was like oh I don't know about that and then he was like what about mechanical and I was like yeah maybe mechanical so I had actually mechanical as my second choice and then the reason why I chose electrical was because out of all the engineering well mo I think it's one of the top paid engineering roles so I just said all right well i'll go for that <laughs> so i chased the money on that on that side but i learned not to chase the money later on in life so. it, it's funny when we were young we chased the money but we get a bit wiser and older realize why did i do that you know yeah 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 but look it's it's still paying dividends i mean that's the thing like you know a lot of people fail to understand that you know some of the choices that they make you know they can bring that forward into the adult life and you know if you want a better life you make better choices you know and be open to different perspectives on those choices so yeah i mean i'm i'm happy that i did it as soon as i finished actually i didn't even finish my course when i applied for a, um, a job and they gave me the job even like they knew i was finishing my my degree but they had offered me the job before i finished my degree so i was i was delighted i was 20 years of age and got a job and you know it was fantastic i i, I really did land on my feet you know but at the same time i i put a lot of work in to get that i mean the 9 9 a.m to 9 p.m no one really saw that the, the friday saturday sunday working the weekends no one really saw that except for my work colleagues and you know few close friends but um I got, I got that and then they they shipped me off to training in different countries and stuff like that and it was fantastic you know it was really good you're an electrical engineer for for nine years but where did like what was your first job working as an electrical electronic engineer yeah so um as soon as i finished my degree when i was 20 so i mentioned that they they gave me a job straight away the company and straight away i've been with them ever since and you know it's it's a blessing because it's it's a first job it's straight in and i haven't had a different job i've, I've been ha i had the same job for the last couple of years so it's uh it's been really cool that way you know and are you taking computers apart are you putting processing chips in are you taking light bulbs and sockets out of the tell us tell us more about what what your job entails yeah, so my job basically entails servicing and maintaining the machines that make the nano chips, that make the microchip. If you're listening to this on your iPhone or your Samsung or anything like that, the chances are that the microchip or the nano chip that's in that the machines that I've serviced or and maintained, they're the, the the producers of that chip. And maybe not directly, um, because I can't work on all the machines across the world, but indirectly, you know, especially the ones that are like Intel. If you if there's an Intel um inside sticker on your laptop, then yeah, th those machines that I service and maintain, you know, made those chips. 
relationship. So it's it's really it's really cool that way. You know, it's really interesting. I find it really interesting. It's a really it's a really cool thing to be like literally on the forefront of technology. Like I mean, you know, the semiconductor industry. It's a, it's a massive, massive, multi billion dollar industry, and you know, it's everywhere is is becoming digitized everything like i mean you see cars now you know people want to automate cars and alexas in 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 your home like everything your your doorbell is is now digitized like as you know a camera on it you know your home heating system everything is just digitized so it's really really interesting to be a kind of part of that growth and a part of that expansion you know as a young guy who was in the 20s this kind of fascinate your interest to kind of pursue in this area you know, I, I, I was just going with the flow, Aaron, to tell you the truth. I, I was just doing what society was, was kind of programmed me to do. Go to school, get a get a good grade in your in your school, get a good test score, you know, get a degree if you want and, and get a get a job, you know. I was just going with it and, you know, maybe the angels are looking after me or something, but like, you know, I just I just went with it. And I, I was always, always, always open to opportunities. I always put up my hand I, I've learned to say no, but I, you know, I'm like, I'm like Richard Branson, the doctor. Yes. You know, <laughs> um, I, I'm like him, you know, <laughs> I probably assume you got to travel to the likes of Japan, Taiwan, China, get to see all the tech manufacturers and get to see from the, you know, the, the RAM and the chips going from, you know, big the size of your hands, fingers to a little penny. But I assume that you learned a lot about yourself as well traveling and understanding and learning about all this technology and understanding about wow i'm learning and i'm growing as well you know yeah wow i mean i've been just on an absolute incredible journey these last couple of years like when i when i turned 20 and and got my job like you know i I was 20 years of age like flying over to japan working in toshiba i was flying over to you know america working in in intel you know i couldn't even drink (laughs) you know i i wasn't at the legal age to drink but i was i was going over there and working on machines and stuff and it did it, it made me realize a lot about myself in the first five years of my job like you know i i did what i you know i did what i was told to do and stuff like that but it was when i turned 25 you know i don't know maybe i had a bit of a, a mid-20s crisis so one of my favorite speakers that i listened to jim Rohn, I, I i really relate to him at 25 his life changed and at 25 my life changed i, I kind of just went i was in a bit of a slump to be honest aaron i was like around 23 24 i started hitting this slump in my life not in terms of my job or anything but just in terms of my life i just didn't know where i was going you know, I had I got the degree. I was traveling around the world. It was fantastic. Lots of fun. Lots of you know, traveling around, seeing different places. But I I, I lacked something uh, like I lacked a purpose. I lacked you know something inside of me that was going to you know in my in my down moments that was going to pull me out of my down moments that was going to push me forward as well. So thankfully, when I was twenty five, I I met a girl online and she just absolutely completely changed my life. But on the build up to that. You know, there was a, there was certain steps that I was taking. I mean, I think I, it was around 23. I came out with a bit of a bad relationship where I was renting in a in an apartment and I was spending crazy money, like 1,400 euro every second month, and um, wasting money on on something that I, I I didn't even own. And then I remember looking at myself in the, in the mirror and just going, Jesus, Carl, like you need to you need to work out, like you need to you know get fitter and build a little bit more muscle. So I I went joined a, a gym in my local area. And when I got into the gym, I, I said to myself, okay, like, look, I know that when people come to the gym, they're motivated. You, you see motivated people in the gym. People that work out are, are self-motivated. And I just, I needed music. I needed something to get me going. I'm that type of person that I need a bit of bit of energy in my life. I always need energy in my life. But I started listening to YouTube and I just typed in motivation, typed in Eric Thomas came up and I started listening to him and he just blew me away and started getting into Eric Thomas, Les Brown. And then, yeah, I just had a, a different outlook on life. I was kind of, I was coming up, like, if you get me, like I was getting happier in life. I was, I was um, doing better with myself and that obviously allowed me to attract good people into my life. And, you know, I attract an, an amazing, amazing person into my life who I met online and, and she gave me... Um, 
so much information and just so much knowledge and wisdom. And I remember she gave me two books to read um, while I was on a, a job assignment in, in Japan. And one of them was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And the other one was Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. And oh, that's another story, Aaron. That was that was just a phenomenal light bulb moment where I just found more of myself, if for want of a better word, you know? Why was that a light bulb moment? I was, yeah, that's a great question, Aaron. I love that. Um, I was walking down the street in Japan, right? So picture like a suburb of Tokyo. It was a it was a city called Mito. And I was doing a job assignment over there. I was installing a $20 million machine, approximately $20 million machine in, in a, a factory. And I was over there for about, I think about five weeks in total. But during that five weeks, I said to myself, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like, take this girl's advice and this woman's advice and I'm gonna listen to Rich Dad Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And I'm gonna listen to uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. So for anyone that hasn't read or listened to Rich Dad Poor Dad, it's all about financial education and, and kind of how to, you know, use money as a tool and that sort of stuff. I can talk a little bit more about that if you want. But um, what really struck me, the light bulb moment was when I was reading, uh, or sorry, listening to How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I was walking down a really, really busy street in Japan. And there was loads of people around. And I was walking down and I was walking kind of beside the the tracks where, you know, for, for blind people that have the little kind of knobbly things on the on the path. And I was walking beside that. And I was just following that, following that, following that. And then it, it came to a stop, just a crossroads onto the next street. And I was—I had my earphones in, and I was listening. And Dale Carnegie listened. I was listening to Dale Carnegie, and the next sentence that he said was that light bulb moment. He just turned around, and it was like as if he was saying it to me. I mean, he, of course, he was saying it to me because I was listening to him. <laughs> um, he goes, "Do you control your emotions, or do your emotions control you?" And that just hit me. I was just like, boom, oh my God, like what? Like that was just an incredible light bulb moment where I was like, wow, you know, all this time, 25 years on this ball of floating fluff. You know, my emotions have been controlling me. You know, I've been reactive. I've been, you know, angry, happy, all this sort of stuff. But when you learn to control your emotions rather than your emotions controlling you, it's a game changer. It's, it's you know, it's it's a real game changer. But it, it's, it's difficult, not easy. If it was easy, everybody would do it. But, you know, it, it is difficult. It's very difficult, but yeah, it's fulfilling. And probably reading, you know, those two books kind of gave you the foundation to get out of that hole and realize I'm powerful and I can do this and I can do that in some way, you know? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You know, I didn't really read, though. That's the thing. Like, I never really read books before this. I never really listened to books, but I don't know, like, I, I needed to change. So in order for me to change, I needed to, to change. You know, I needed to change the things around me. I needed to change, you know, I needed to change up. I'm not, like <laughs> Jim Rohn says, you're not a tree, you can move. You know, and I, and I needed to change. And I think when when you're prodded enough in life, that's when you say, right, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to I want to do more. I want to achieve more. I want to be more. I want to um, have more and that sort of stuff. And those books just just set me off on on an absolute spiral of of, of greatness. <laughs> you know, and, and I love it. And I one thing one thing though, Aaron, that I that I live by is a Chinese proverb. There's a moral obligation, basically, that if some someone gives you of something that benefits you, you have a moral obligation to share with others. So when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad or listened to it, should I say, I've read it since, but I, I've listened to it on a, the Audible app. You know, I, I just started to say, like, you know what? This is people need to hear this. People need to people need to do what's in this book. It's going to help so many people. And yeah, the rest is history. I've been just kind of focusing on, on on helping so many people increase their financial education and elevate their financial intelligence. And it's been an incredible, incredible journey. And yeah, it's it's you know, I get to meet people like you and, and chat to people like you and be on your podcast. So you know, it, it is. It's it's incredible. You know. When you were listening and uh, to Rich Dad Poor Dad, did you feel like kind of like a holy shit? Why didn't I learn this when I was in school? Because of I could control my money and I could live better and all that. When you when you read that, you know. Yeah, like again, there was those like little small aha moments. I believe that when you're ready, you're ready, and you can't force anything. You gotta, as Confucius says, go with the flow. You gotta really go with the flow. And when you're ready, there's a saying out there: when the when the student is ready, the master appears. And and that's for me when I was ready. And 
yeah, I look back and I, I'm chatting to like, you know, people who are 18 and 20 and 21, 22, 23. And, you know, they're reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I'm just like, oh my God, man, if I was your age and I read that, I'd be a millionaire by now. <laughs> I'd <laughs> a million, a million people, you know, but, um, you know, that it's, it's just your journey, you know, and, and embrace it. And, you know, it is, it, it is what it is. That's, that's the time when, you know, you found out more. And to be honest, like I was, you know, growing up, I was always kind of, my mom always said, that I was very entrepreneurial like when I was you know as I said when I was 10 I, I started working and I started getting up my own money and same when I was 16 I mean I had a car when I was 17 um, I had my full license I think when I was 18 you know I, I had been always enthusiastic about just becoming better and I remember when I did graduate, about a month or two before I graduated, I remember sitting in the in the cafeteria in, in Kevin Street. Now, for any of the, the listeners, they'll, they'll know the, the canteen or the cafeteria in, in Kevin Street. I was sitting up by the, the pool table. I'm, I'm, I'm great at pool. <laughs> um, I know I'm not. I'm, I'm okay at pool. But uh, I love playing pool with the lads. But um, yeah, like I was sitting there and I was just thinking to myself, is, is this it? Like, you know, I'm 20 years of age. Like I've, I'm getting my degree now. Is this it? Like, do I need to now work for another 45 years, you know, until I retire and then I can live my life or, you know, have I got it wrong or something? And, you know, it, it took five years for, you know, Rich Dad Poor Dad, the book to be on my lap. And, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, that's that's that moment where I was like, oh, now I see the other side of the coin. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm on one side of the coin, but at least now I can see the other side of the coin and go towards it. And it is, it's important to be able to kind of see, both, well, the three sides of the coin, the the, hail, the, the tails, the heads and, the, and the, the ridge. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. But like, you know, that's just, it's everyone's on a different journey and never compare your journey to someone else's journey. We're all on different starting blocks, you know. Some are going to be quicker or faster. Some are going to have an extra head start it, it doesn't really matter as long as you know you're progressing and you know progressing is happiness as well so yeah I find that very interesting because I agree with you 100% but yet we still compare with others of oh, I can do this he this did it you know all these this mind-boggling room it's, you can put language to it, but it's it's just like you know like at the end of the day you're like you just described you know that book found you at 25 could it find you at 20 yeah it could but you weren't ready so but at 25 yeah. you were ready for this information to get to another level you know upgrade to a level where you say yeah i can you know control my finance my people relationships yeah. etc you know yeah like absolutely like comparison is the thief of joy like and you know it's it's so so easy to compare yourself to other people you know especially with social media i mean like you look at social media and all you have to do is scroll on to instagram or facebook or something like that and you see like oh mary there she's off doing this with this person and she's living the life and john you know he's driving this big fancy car and all this sort of stuff and you know at the end of the day no one cares everyone just you got to just focus on your own journey and and become better and move forward and and, and keep striving for for greatness i, I did a finished up a, a course with les brown your power voice and it was just phenomenal. <laughs> Les Brown, I don't know if you listen to Les Brown do, or not, yeah. but he, oh, he's, he's phenomenal. And being on webinars with Les Brown, like private webinars, it was just incredible. And like, you know, you just, he's 75 and he's still learning, he's still growing. And that's the person, you know, that's that's who you want to strive towards. You want to be someone who is like constantly learning, constantly growing, constantly, you know, helping other people, sharing your knowledge with other people as well. That's important because, you know, if you're going to spend all this time you know learning all this like why keep it why not share with others and that's exactly what we do with our facebook groups myself and my wife rona who was the woman who introduced me to rich support and, and dale carnegie by the way <laughs> so yeah yeah what made you go study with les brown um that's a good question you know what 2020 has been a bit of a wild year and i think it's safe to say it's good to see the back of it but at the same time like you know 2020 for me was a, a record year you know I, I like I enjoyed what I could from it. It was an eye-opening year, like you know. And when I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw Les Brown pop up for his course. You know, I think it was like a thousand US dollars, and it was like something like seven or eight weeks private, you know, coaching with Les Brown. I just said, you know what, this is this is gold. Like this is the return on investment and the return like that I'm gonna get from this is just phenomenal. And yeah, it was just amazing. And I, I really wanted to just go to the next level, Aaron. I, I really wanted to you know be able to speak where i was listened and not speak where people weren't listening to me you know because so many so many people speak to the wrong audience and you know they, sometimes they get frustrated and they're like why isn't anybody listening to me so 
you know, in that sense, I want to master my craft. I want to honor my craft by speaking, not as a public speaker. I just want to be able to know how to speak um, to be able to, you know, take my story, take my message and, and touch the lives of so many people and inspire loads of people. And, you know, yeah. And do you feel like you've accomplished that craft? No, not yet. Definitely not. You know, Malcolm Gladwell says, you know, 10,000 hours is kind of the, the kind of limit of or, you know, the, where you want to be hitting to, to master your craft. But I think if anyone says, I think you can master a craft, but if you master the craft, you know, you, you're, you're not, you're not just going to stop. You're going to always want to keep learning on that craft. You want to like, just listen to a, um, a motivational speech by Eric Thomas. And he was saying about honoring his craft and, you know, that's what you want to be doing. You want to be, you know, for, you need to keep going, keep progressing, but you can master the craft. You can put in the work, you can do the 10,000 hours, but you can always improve, you know, no, like you don't like big athletes or anything like that. They don't just get to the very, very top and say, right, that's it. Like, you know, they're always constantly improving. If if they're not improving their, themselves, they're they're sharing that knowledge, improving others as well, you know? What do you like about listening to Eric Thomas? Ah, oh, his, his bluntness, his no BS approach, you know, it, it's raw. It gets right into you. It makes you pumped up. It makes you believe that you can, you can do anything you set your mind to. I thoroughly, thoroughly believe that, you know? And yeah, I just, I, because he was the fir- very first person that I listened to, you know, he, he's just, he's just my go-to guy. He's just, he's the person that whenever I'm down, you know, of course I listen to so many other speakers like Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Robert Kiyosaki. I, I mean, I've got a long list, you know, <laughs> you know, he, he's the first person that whenever I'm down, whenever I'm in a, you know, in the valley, as they say, um, I will, I will put on him and he'll take me right up, up to the peak and, and, and we go again, you know? That's the thing, we hit rock bottom, and I think when we hit rock bottom, it's ready for an up another upgrade. After meeting Brona and reading all the yeah. books, where did you progress? Did you do NLP or did you go do, and you're continuing with technology and yeah. you know, all that, but where, as a personal development, where did it go from there? Yeah, so once I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, um, I decided to start my own online marketing business. And I did that, I did that for a couple of years. And, you know, I learned a lot about business. You know, I learned a lot about people. I learned a lot about communication. I learned a lot about, I, I went to a lot of seminars. I went to a lot of conferences. Like I went in 2019, for example, I went and, and I met Robert Kiyosaki, you know, sitting right up front and, and just taking it all in. And, you know, it was phenomenal. So I've invested thousands into my personal development. I also undertook NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. So I did a master practitioner in that online and that actually helped me a lot to get through my own stuff because we all have we all have stuff that we need to get through. So you you can't coach or teach or help people get through stuff unless you've got through stuff. And, you know, I, I started doing that. And funny enough, my wife, she did NLP in Ireland um, and she was a neurolinguistic uh, practitioner. And I was always kind of fascinated by it. I was like, what, what is that? It's like, like the science of, of getting better, you know, the science of bettering yourself. And I said, I'm going to do that. But bro, I'm going to I'm going to do one better than you. And I'm going to get, a, you know, I'm going to do a master practitioner in that course. Like, and I, I did that. So I was little bit of competition there with me and brown oh boy <laughs> it's good competition you know but uh yeah so we've just um we started expanding our business uh, we launched another business called epic hearts club in 2020 actually it's coming up at a one year anniversary in that in like january 20th so yeah like it, it's been incredible um i love i love helping people that's one of my, my biggest passions is like helping people be more financially educated because we don't get taught it in school we only learn from our you know people like our parents our guardians and stuff like that and I'm not saying what we learn is wrong but i'm just saying that there's other ways as well and there's other levels that you can get to 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 live the life that you truly truly desire i mean this is the last life that you're gonna have this isn't a dress rehearsal so you want to make sure that you're not average you want to make sure that like you know you, you do the best that you can do in this life you help as many people as you can and you know a lot of people nearly get so triggered by money 
and that's okay because it's just the programming that they need to they need to unravel they need to go through and, and ask themselves why they're so triggered by money it's probably because of the lack of it when they were growing up but what people fail to understand a lot of people fail to understand about money is that the more money you make the more people you help I say this so many times in, in our cash flow club on Facebook the more money you make the more people you can help if you've got X amount of money in your bank account and you make X plus one you can help one more person X plus 100 you can help another 100 people so my goal is to help as many people as I can we donate every every month you know we, we help people you know take them from A to B in the, in the best way possible and some people choose to go that way in a Ferrari happy days some people don't care they don't care what vehicle they're in and they, they just want to get to B but um, yeah it's it's been an amazing journey uh, these last couple of years getting back to Brona like you know we, we met in 2016 and you know for any romantic people out there that are listening so we met in 2016 I asked her to be my girlfriend in May May 4th 2016 within two months we were uh, engaged and within the year we were married and we actually had two two weddings so <laughs> it was pretty pretty cool so she is she's a big inspiration to me she, she's incredible she's changed a lot of my views on life and she's helped me see different perspectives and she's yeah she's my rock you know yeah the the warrior needs the rock you know yeah um what what made you start at the cash flow club do you know what? It's funny. I can't take any credit for this, Aaron, because it was my wife, Brona. <laughs> uh, she, she, uh, she was up late nights, so she's a bit of a, a night owl. I'm the early bird, but you know, sometimes she can get up early as well. But mm. you know, her her brain is just uh, non-stop. Next move. What's our next move? Boom, 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 boom. Like you know, I think it was back in 2017. She was like, I think it was like one or two o'clock in the morning and she was just wide awake, woke up the next day and she goes, Carl, we're going to create um, Cashflow Club in Ireland. Like, and I was like, hey, like, what, what's that? Like, like Facebook group, like where we like, you know, talk about financial education. And I was like, all right, I'm happy. And, you know, we started hosting a few of the, the Cashflow board games and we, we did that. And then we moved to China and we started hosting more games there. A lot of the people in China. And that was interesting because like China's a, a communist country or yeah, so people believe but uh, I think it's like one of the biggest capitalist country in the world but hey that's another story yeah so we just started playing a lot of cash flow board games and then a lot of people in Ireland then started kind of just playing as well and you know that's what you that's what you want you want people to be inspired by others and, and upskill their financial education so yeah all credit goes to Brona I, I, I do a lot in it like I do a lot of lives I post a lot put a lot of time and effort in it I think there's over 2,800 people in it now so it's a phenomenal group and it's not just Irish people that that's obviously a, a good portion of it, but it's people from all over the world. I mean, like there last week, I think we had an Australian cash flow speaker, got American speakers that come in. I organize basically speakers that come in every Monday and just talk about themselves and talk about their business and stuff like that. You know, we've had people come in from Norway, Sweden, all over the place, like literally all over the place with the common goal of like, you know, upskilling their financial education and being around like-minded people, you know? That's the thing, you know, we focus on financial wealth, but at the end of the day, our, our superpower is educating people around us. Say, look, I can do it, you can do it, you know. Absolutely. Having a Me Too attitude. I mean, like Roger Bannister, you know, he, he ran the mile in under four minutes, was it? Yeah. And then like no one had done it before. And now a lot of people have done it. So once one person does it, it's just having that, well, if you can do it, I can do it too. Some people do it and they take pictures while they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> The Epic Heart Club. Tell us about how that came about. Yeah, so my wife, Brona, she's like um, a coach. So she helps a lot of people, you know, with inner leadership, inner boundaries, um, being confident, you know, creating, uh, being, partnering with yourself, being your best friend and stuff like that, loving yourself. And she had this idea to kind of create basically like the Netflix of coaching where you have a, a number of coaches and they release content every week. They share their stories. They do videos on what they're an expert in. And yeah, my wife was like, I want to, I want to do this. I want to, want to create this. And 
whenever one of us have an idea we back each other 100 but we also talk about it we also kind of brainstorm it and stuff and you know we also prioritize it and then you know energy is everything so it's like you know we, we're going in at it and we're doing it and yeah like we we launched it there in, in january 20 2020 and um, so we've got basically we had actually an inner trauma coach and now she's been replaced with a positive psychology coach the inner trauma coach and was absolutely incredible oh my god like there was some epic epic videos on it and now we've just recently got a new uh, positive psychology coach as well we have a yoga and breathwork coach and she does a lot of yoga a lot of meditation as well and it's fantastic like you know because so many people need that space they need that you know they need the the positive psychology they need to go through the the traumatic experiences that they had when they were young they need that time to themselves when they're when, you know with the yoga and, and you know strengthening their body we also have a fitness and nutrition coach and that's phenomenal like to see him you'd be like oh my god like i'm not going near him he's such a beast he's like arnold schwarzenegger but like he's the friendliest guy i've ever met like he's from latvia and, and lives in ireland and he's such a cool guy like and we've trained with him as well and it's, it's just been you know incredible training with him because like he puts you to the to your test like i mean it's like you're, you're not coming out of there like with no no sweat like you're gonna be you're gonna be sweating like so he does a lot of the videos and he talks a lot about nutrition a lot of home workouts now obviously with, with covid and stuff like that some gyms aren't open um, and then we have a, a money mindset coach and, and that's myself where basically we just kind of talk all things financial education so i talk a little bit about it in the cash flow club but i go in more depth in epic arts club and it's a subscription service and yeah it's it's pretty cool you know a lot of people do need it um, and when they when they join it they realize the value in it and you know it's just incredible and helping a lot of people you know getting through these tough times it is needed and yeah it, it's pretty cool how are you able to add the mindset to financial education in some way well i believe that you know 80 percent is mindset and 20 percent is mechanics and what i mean by mechanics is just the doing the budgeting the the earning the sales the income and that sort of stuff but the mindset you got to get the mindset right you got to get your mindset right in order to attract wealth because you gotta you gotta you go way back to your program of money you know what did you get programmed when you about money when you were growing up did you think money was the root of all evil did you think like you know rich people are greedy and that sort of stuff you think money doesn't grow on trees hello it's made of paper <laughs> you know so you got to get the mindset right you got to be able to you know help more people you got to be able to think both ways you can't have just a, a one-way thinking you got to be you know committed to, to learning and growing you got to be um basically you know to help people you know you got to have that mindset right you got to have that mindset right you can't have any negativity about money because it's just a tool you use it as a, a leverage to get what you need to get to achieve what you need to achieve to help as many people as you want to help and yeah it's, it's the mindset comes in when you basically listen and learn you listen to different podcasts different uh, books and and yeah i know you mentioned earlier that you did les brown's course and finding the voice mm. but doing the course did you find your voice in some way yes well i kind of found how to structure a speech which is really interesting because I didn't really know how to structure. I didn't even know that you need to be able to structure a speech. That was that was actually the biggest thing that I got from it was the way you tell your story. But I definitely found my voice and, you know, my voice is to not talk to people that don't listen to me because then I'm just wasting time and time is our most valuable asset. So, like, I'm per very particular in the people that I talk to because I want to make sure that they listen to me. They don't have to take my advice or anything like that, but they just have to listen to me because I of a, like a powerful story as well you know i've got a lot of knowledge in that sense you know a lot of worldly knowledge as well you know i think i've been to over 35 40 countries which is it's not a lot um but it's more than it's more than a lot of people and in that i've met some incredible incredible people like some really high profile people as well and then just people who are just super inspiring as well and and that don't look for the fame and the fortune and stuff but just want to just want to help more people so yeah did you feel like your voice wasn't visible before you did the course um not really no i just wanted to 
fine tune my voice in 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 a sense of like if i'm to tell a story okay what way do i tell a story but if i'm to tell a story i want to make sure that people are engaged with the story and people are not nodding off in the back and i keep them nearly entertained or i provide value with them so you know i think people will judge you no matter what so you're not everyone's cup of tea otherwise you'd be a mug (laughs) you know so you know people are going to judge you just by the by your looks and they won't even listen to you and that's fine some people they need a reason to listen to you so maybe you have to give them a little bit of value first and be like oh okay okay yeah other people are just going to look at you and go, I like this person. You know, I don't care what they say, but I like this person. You know, we see it evidently in the media with, with Trump, <laughs> you know, which we won't go down there. But anyway, no, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, some people, you know, just need the, the the excuse to not, you know, the minute you open up your mouth is confirmation for them. It's like, no, that's enough. I don't need to listen to them. So, so yeah, like it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, you know. I get the feeling, Carl, you're only you haven't even hit the peak of where you're where you're going. But if you could kind of look into the future, what do you think your life would be in some way? Wow, uh, it's something that I reg- I do on a regular basis. Is kind of like obviously plan for the future, you know. But my future, like you know, kids definitely me and myself and my wife, <laughs> not just me, obviously, but um, me and my wife. You know, we've talked about kids and stuff. She wants an army of kids. Um, so I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, okay, we'll see. But you know, maybe three, four, five, six. I want to adopt kids as well. We did a lot of them. Um, we did a lot of work with orphanages um, over in Malaysia. One time we did actually, we went into a soap recycling plant where basically we kind of scraped down all the, the soaps that were delivered in. They were all used soaps, but we scraped them down, made them into kind of new soaps and they were shipped off to like third world countries and, and countries that were affected by natural disasters so that, you know, people could clean themselves. And that opened up my eyes to, you know, disadvantaged people and including in Ireland as well, like, you know, so yeah to adopt would be great and just i think to live a life where you don't have to set an alarm (laughs) you know (laughs) no no i'm kidding because obviously you're gonna have to set an alarm if you need to catch a flight yeah like i i think it's just a case of i want to live by the beach i want to live by the sea i you know there's there's lots of places but you know if there was a place in ireland great but i do like the sun i do like you know the nice sunny weather I'm in Taiwan now and, you know, in the morning time, I'm lucky that I have a balcony that, you know, I'm just sitting out there in the morning time, just soaking up the sun. It's like 22 degrees. It's, oh, it's heaven. It's absolutely lovely. And now back in Ireland, it's like five degrees and I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah, I just, I feel like that there's going to be a lot of abundance in the future. I feel that we'll be able to do what we want, when we want, with who we want and how we want. And, you know, not many people can say that and, and even be confident enough to say that, but, you know, it is what it is and you know that's that's something that I'm working towards and I want to inspire other people as well that other people can do it so why can't I and then if I can do it why can't you so yeah I know the future is bright definitely sounds amazing um I'm jealous that you have warm weather and I have cold weather but that's that's a, <laughs> another debate for another day um, yeah absolutely do you meditate? Yes, oh, absolutely. I'm I'm on a four-day meditation streak today, and I've done meditation uh, for the last seventy-six days. Just turning on my breed app now, which because I want to I want to see actually how many days. Seventy-eight days uh, wow. since I downloaded this app, and I'm on a four-day streak. I try to meditate every morning. I feel that if you can win the day in the morning, if I, I understand that the morning times can be very stressful for people, but if you just take five to ten minutes it's just for yourself just you know quiet in your mind you know it, it's a game changer you know to, to listen to some positive affirmations or you know even even just some calm soothing music get you know start off the day right win the day if you can win the day as soon as you wake up you've won the day anything else that comes to you you know is nothing because you've already won right so you're already a winner so you know you might 
crash your car into a lamppost it doesn't matter like because you've already won the day I know like obviously if you crash your car it's a bad thing <laughs> but um, you know like when you wake up in the morning just make sure to, to win the day um, if, if I can't do it in the morning then I will you know maybe set an alarm on my phone or I'll make it a priority but uh, it's definitely you know in, in the last while I, I definitely think since moving to China when I moved to China in 2018 I was there for nearly two years I got big into um, meditation and kind of mindfulness and just learning to quieten my mind and just relax a little bit more because I've been a busy bee before that you know it's been non-stop and yeah it's, it's been great and, and visiting some temples you know you know it's it's interesting because you know I've, I've been to like you know growing up in Ireland you go to many churches around the place and I've been to a few mosques and I've been to a lot of temples as well and you know one thing I've learned is that they're all quiet and it's all peaceful and they're all clean and that's what you want your mind to be you want it to be relaxed but you want to be you want to have a relaxed intensity about you so you want to get your goals you want to you know work through your goals you want to work through your problems and stuff like that you want to hit your targets but you also want to do it in a relaxed state because if you're you know if you're running around and you're you know like a busy bee type of thing like it's it's nearly bad energy like you know it's like you're kind of fluffing around the place like if you're kind of relaxed calm take everything as it comes take it in and you know it was it inhale goodness exhale badness that sort of stuff but I pray as well and yeah it's it's phenomenal in the last in the last while big into meditation and prayer as well and, and just gratitude I, I totally believe that gratitude is the best attitude to have and you know you talk there about mindset you know having the having an attitude of gratitude is you know how you're going to attract more into your life whether that's wealth or anything whether it's people whether it's you know materialistic stuff whether that's you know opportunities you know having the attitude of gratitude is 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 key it is a key indeed that we all mm. should have as a, as a guy who's tons of motivating videos and people you watch on a regular basis yeah. what's the quote that you constantly come back to or what kind of like you know like if you have a journal and you write down quotes probably the, the one that you go to all the time oh man that is a great question because there's just so so many I mean I have a vision board I'm actually looking at one of them now like I kind of I take if I'm traveling see I have a vision board at home but if I'm traveling I'll take that vision board with me so I I laminate it you know I put it out on paper I laminate it and then I can stick it up anywhere but you know I've got like you know declarations of the millionaire mind by T. Harv Eckerd that I, I read I've got so many affirmations in my journals, but quotes, there's just so many. Your inner world creates your outer world, I think would be one that is popping up. You know, that's the one that when you mentioned the quote, that straight away came up, your inner world creates your outer world. I know I think I've been asked that question before <laughs> and I probably said a different quote, but there's just so many. They're they're just amazing. I love quotes. I love you know, I live by I live by quotes. <laughs> you know. Carl, if there was one piece of advice you could give a person on the street or someone you meet, what would it be? Well, um probably not to worry because worrying is praying for what you don't want to happen and yeah law of attraction like it got, that comes back to the law of attraction but yeah don't worry don't overthink things read rich dad poor dad help people be grateful carl if people want to find out more or get in touch with you where can they find you I'm all over Facebook. Carl Davidson, he'll find me. My profile picture is the Cashflow Club logo. Um, it's a pot of gold because, you know, we're Irish. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we just thought I'd do that for the for the fun. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram following Carl Davidson. I put up a lot of quotes and stories and stuff like that. LinkedIn as well, Carl Davidson. I'm there on LinkedIn, Twitter as well, Snapchat. I think my Snapchat handle is kdav29. Um, we have our own website. It's a, a merchandise website for all our our cash flow members and stuff like that you don't have to be a member obviously to buy stuff from it but you can find some of the merchandise there on kdab29.com you'll find me on epicheartsclub.com as well and yeah am I missing anything find me on the phone (laughs) Um, but yeah you'll find me pretty much anywhere and everywhere Carl it's been a pleasure having you on and it's been a blast and thank you so much thank you Aaron I really do appreciate you having me on on your show and I'm super grateful thank you so much even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.